Hello, everybody. My name is Daniel Prince, and I am the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey guys, welcome back to the Once Bitten Podcast. Thank you so much for hanging in tight. I know there's been a little lag on releasing the episodes. Uh, I have been on a trip down to Madeira. More news of that as the weeks unfold. Keep a very, very close eye. Some very cool initiatives going on on the island in Europe. Anyway, today's guest is actually on the island. He's decided to move there. His name is Rob Brinded, and he's doing some incredible work in the realms of freeing your mind, which I hope all of us agree. We've had so much programming throughout our lives, whether that's been through the education system, through family, through careers. Uh, there's a lot to untangle. And when you fall down the Bitcoin rabbit hole, that's one of the first things that you realize. Uh, a mirror gets held up to your face. And this is what so many of us have been struggling with and trying to find answers and trying to find truths. Uh, hopefully, Rob will be able to help you. Uh, he's gone through his own battle, his own journey, his own struggles. And uh, he's, he's trying to figure this out as much as we are, but doing a great job. Uh, before we get into the episode, there's a few companies I would really like to say a huge thank you to for everything that you're doing to build out this network, to build out this space, this freedom movement, whatever you want to call it. This is so important and there are brilliant companies. There's hundreds of companies out there really doing some great work. The ones that have been attracted to this podcast, my show and my work uh, are the following. That is Swan Bitcoin in the US. They are a DCA service dollar cost average. If the, you are in the US, this is the service that you want to go and check out straight away. Get to swanbitcoin.com forward slash bitten and find out how you can start stacking and saving and self-custodying your Bitcoin. In Europe, we have similar services. You can find that at relay.ch forward slash bitten and bitcoinreserve.com forward slash bitten. Both companies are essentially there to help you buy and self-custody Bitcoin. They are both great companies full of great Bitcoiners from all around the world. And they offer slightly different services. But like I said, essentially get you stacking. <laughs> so, you know, do your own research. Figure out which one of these services is going to be best for you. Links are in the show notes. You can go and check them out. I use all of these services, by the way. Uh, coincorner.com forward slash bitten they're based in the isle of man they are an exchange you can set up auto buys with them you can use euros or pounds or you can smash buy whenever you need to they also uh, just launched the bolt card danny scott's been on the show you can hear about that that is a card that's going to be linked to your account that you can start using at uh, merchants that accept bitcoin it's brilliant shiftcrypto.ch forward slash bitten are going to help you keep your coins safe please Get your coins into your control. Self-custody is so damn key. Not your keys, not your coins. And Shift Crypto have you covered with the Bitbox 02 Bitcoin only edition. Now you've got conferences, bitcoinday.io and Liberty in our lifetime and the, the Baltic Honey Badger in Riga. All of the links are in the show notes. Go check them out. Get your discounts where applicable. 
and then check out the work from Consensus Network with Bitcoin Books and Ungovernable Misfits merchandise. Let's go with Rob. All right, we're recording, Rob. Great to see you. Great to see you, Daniel. Uh, now, we we won't say too much about Madeira. There, there's lots more news to be coming, but uh, we did just spend some time there together on the island and got to know you. So that was very, very great uh, opportunity to meet in real life. So I hope everything is going well for you there. I know you're making a, a bit more of a uh, an intentional move on onto those wonderful shores. That, that is right. I met with um, Pleb Music this morning for a coffee down on the front because everything's closed. So uh, the sun came out. It's, uh, it's just kind of, uh, I have to pinch myself a little bit to be in that environment. You know, it's lovely. And it's great just to be able to go and have those conversations with Bitcoiners. And the more people that move there, the better it's going to be. Uh, absolutely. Because, uh, you know, as well as I do, uh, non-Bitcoiners, the conversation um you know it kind of you can't go in too many directions with what you want to talk about you know oh very surface level and yes. uh you know very current thing what's ever been in the newspaper that morning oh yeah yeah that's it not interested no <laughs> so we have sophia here today because lauren is out of town she's she's not with us is she she's in england no. so uh sophia's got to step in and start asking the first question uh, oh. Go for it, straight into the microphone. Uh, well, firstly, um, what do you do? Because my dad hasn't told anything about you. <laughs> uh, what do I do? Yeah, um, like for a living. Yeah, for a living, um, I work with, uh, I work one on one through through Zoom. I have clients around the world. People come to me when they they have a problem, um, suffering some they're suffering in some aspect maybe there's something not going right for them at work or they have a you know relationship problem so i work in inside you know the mind um so that's my um main um that's my passion that's what i love doing that's my job i also have an online med meditation school um which is a place where I teach people to do what I do. Um, and, and I also have a side hobby of um, uh, Bitcoin because um, for me, you're either one and zero. You either want freedom or if you're not really bothered, that's a zero. You, you, there's only kind of two things. So I also have a passion about Bitcoin and moving that space forward. Cool. Um, how did you get into Bitcoin? Oh, the rabbit hole story. Sit down, Sophia. <laughs> Sit down. You're stealing the best questions. This, this, these are never short he's, answers. He's natural. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Daniel, just if you just pop away, I'll, I'll carry on the podcast. Yeah, another pleb that wants just to get rid of the uh, the host of the One Spitting Show. <laughs> um, how did I get into Bitcoin? Um, I, I suppose like the area of my work has always been about freedom. So I was very, um, I would have been like fertile soil. If you drop the seed in around Bitcoin, uh, I heard about it in, um, Asia. Uh, I was invited by a client to a, um, it was a wedding and I was chatting with, uh, a professional poker player investor 
and who's very smart. And I am smart enough to know that when he, he talks and he's into something, I need to listen. So he said, hey, Rob, I'm all in on something. And that was very unusual for him because he's, um, he understands risk. You know, he, he's a poker player. And so I was like, what, what are you all in on? Because he's got a lot of money. And he said this thing called Bitcoin. And so he, he kind of orange pilled me. He explained it. Um, I think initially I saw the, you know, the number go up. Uh, and then um, he told me something very interesting. He said, you will only be able to keep hold of it with how much you understand it. Like you have to do the work to understand it so that you can hold it because otherwise the universe will make you lose it. So I understand that uh, there is a certain, there are certain principles in the, in this reality um, that if you, if you don't value yourself, you won't be able to hold value. So I know people who get lots of money, they have no value in themselves and they lose everything. Okay. Um, it's just kind of inevitable law. And so I started to read up about it and then the rabbit hole, Sophia, you know, you start to understand a bit more Saifuddin's uh, books, Bitcoin Standard. Then I started to cross-reference it with my um, framework for the world. And it, it uh, compounded very quickly until I was into, you know, over a thousand hours of books, podcasts, etc. And so that, and, and then if, if you imagine my, the importance I put on freedom for myself, and for my my children and for my wife, uh, then I under, it, it's for me. It's either you want freedom or you don't, and therefore you need you want Bitcoin or you're you're caught in your mind and in the fiat system. It's either you know centralized mind or decentralized mind. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, it's definitely a thing to go into because I hear my dad talk about it so much. And um, actually, I was talking about it with uh, my friends at the dinner table the other day. Um, and one of the people at the dinner table didn't really understand it. So I started explaining it. And because I've heard my dad talk about it so much that I've just come to really understand it. And I say it's really annoying when he just goes on and on, but um, to us, like it definitely is because you keep you hear it every single day. Um, <laughs> Were you shocked at the words coming out of your own mouth? Yeah, um, my my best friend's parents were there, and they said afterwards, both of them said, "You sound like your dad." I'm like, "Do I?" <laughs> and it was. I mean, I was shocked because, uh, I mean, I didn't know I'd registered as much as I actually did. Um, But I guess just hearing it from uh, him and talking to Bitcoiners, it's just, it just registers subconsciously. There's a whole pile of books back there, Sophia. (laughs) And Sophia, when you were talking about it and you said you were shocked, shocked that you sounded like your dad but then also that you're um you know you have your own authority and you you can talk about what you want to like your orange pilling yeah yeah it's shocking 
um honestly how did, how did they take it how did they react uh yeah she was very she was very interested into it in it um we were talking about something beforehand I don't remember what it was um and it was it was something about the universe and like multiverses like how it could be a possibility um so I went into um like this universe and like bitcoin and like how the money is controlled by the bank um things like that um and she found it all really really interesting um and so we started going down the other rabbit holes for like the school system and how that's all tied to the money um and then different things and how bad school systems can be mm -hmm. I like what you said how they can how bad they can be so it's not like they're all but yeah nearly all <laughs> almost all yeah. your dad's like sitting there really proud but I think <laughs> when you started talking about uh schooling Sophia that sounded really um you immediately are you a homeschooler I am yeah how do you find that I'm interested because my children will be doing that as well right um well I've gone to um like normal school system systemized school um and I just found it horrible I just uh when the lockdown came I just wasn't working at all um because beforehand I had to work I had to like do what they told me to otherwise I would you know I'd be um expelled wow. um but when it came to lockdown a couple years ago I just stopped doing the work because it was just so boring most of it like it was very um, unprofessional as well. Like they didn't communicate correctly or they didn't um, they didn't send you the work all the time. And honestly, the work was just very uninspiring. Um, and then I've had a lot of trouble making friends as well in the system. Um, my best friend is actually the only one I've taken from um, like, like I've kept from having gone to school um and actually the reason why that is is because she's homeschooling as well at the moment okay like they're very out of the system as well um and my dad's orange pilled them as well so is <laughs> that um and then yeah it was it comes back to what Rob was saying about like it's one or zero right yeah if you exactly. value freedom School's not the place for you. School, yeah. School, it just took up way too much time out of my day. Uh, like now, for example, I do, I do do quite a lot of hours of school, but that is because the things that I have classes with interest me or um, I am currently getting my GCSEs, uh, but I'm spacing them out in between years so it's easier for me and less pressure um but I'm getting those so I can uh just have something to fall back on if I needed um if I needed to go into work because this bitcoin thing it will eventually work out but um when I'm older and um in my adult life and I feel like if I don't have those qualifications yet, like 
I won't be able to um, get started, I guess. Um, we have different views on this one. <laughs> no, yeah. okay, so my, <laughs> so maybe, maybe Lauren and Samuel will be able to, but me and Caitlin are like, I'll be 18 in three years. Caitlin will be 18 next year. And it's just the world isn't, hasn't developed correctly yet. Like, it's starting to, I believe that, but it's I reckon you walk, you'll walk into, a, into someone who's smart's office and they'll say, who are you? And you'll start speaking. They'll say, okay, um, you can start on Monday. And they won't say, do you have any GCSEs? Because it's completely irrelevant. Yeah. I had a degree and no, no one gave a shit. In my, <laughs> my jobs. I, it was just absolute, it's a piece of paper. I learned nothing. Yeah. Well, I learned that it was nothing. You, you learned what they wanted you to learn. Yeah. And it was just in my field of sports science, it was um, extremely old information, absolutely irrelevant, very irrelevant. And then the other thing I learned was I also studied French. I was getting the highest grade because I had spoke fluent French. And then they brought in a Europe, um, this person who was talking about the European Union. This was back before we joined um, to, to promote it. And I wasn't against it, but I said, where's the person who's going to come in and talk about the opposite? And she said, what? And from that moment on, that my grade dropped by half. And she said, I'm going to... Um, hold you to a different standard true story so i learned that you what know, he learned was it's not a curriculum it's an agenda yeah it's... especially for her and uh, so um yeah, yeah. but uh, your gcse you just keep you just keep enjoying what you're enjoying you're yeah i mean I, young lady, yeah. so. I do the gcse's partly because um, like, for example, I did my history GCSE this year, um, and history is one of my favorite subjects. It really, really interests me. Um, so it's just an easy thing to get, um, like to have off the back, um, like if I don't have someone put a word in for me and um, I do need to show some type of qualification for like, um, I don't know if I wanted to go into like archaeology, um, then into university or into university to study archaeology I'd probably have to have like some type of history qualification right right um so I just got uh the history GCSE because for me that's really easy because I love learning about history it's really interesting okay um yeah but one thing Rob said earlier and I wrote it down if you don't value yourself you will never be able to hold value do you value yourself, Sophia? Yeah. Good. <laughs> there you go. That's the main thing. Yeah, I suppose. You don't get a certificate for that. No. But yeah, right now I'm very happy um, in my homeschooling nice. um, curriculum, I guess. Do you have any uh, further questions? I don't think so. No? No. Rob, do you have any further questions? It don't but it was great some great questions thank you <laughs> you're welcome well hopefully you'll meet rob in person one day in madeira and you guys can carry on uh, an in-depth conversation 
yeah hopefully cool, cool. Well, over uh, pizza <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well it was nice speaking to you nice speaking to you too <laughs> nice to meet you bye 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 thank you cheers mate do you have you in, in your work have you have you spoken to like young teens kids as well or is it mainly all adults no it's it's a good question when um uh, when i start working with a client then they usually bring up their children um and then they say do you work with children i say yeah um but uh if i'm always very respectful of the the parents decision on that um but i've you know i've worked with um young ladies um who have some sort of eating disorder um you know grief uh, management um all, all different all you know all different types but um i've worked with young athletes uh mm. and yeah it's oftentimes the parent who wants their child to uh, i had a, a someone in australia who the, the daughter was very good swimmer very high level and so the coach said you'll never make it as a as a swimmer because you don't have that drive and stuff is is possible that was the truth but so we worked on uh removing those limitations and then uh the the she just powered past everyone who personal best the coach was like wow what what have you done and it, nothing physical right and then this is the thing that when you start to uncondition you might get an outcome where they stop right you it's I'm, I'm neutral they stop swimming or they don't uh, i just want you know them to be uh, free peaceful joyful in whatever they do and sometimes what happens is they stop swimming because mm -hmm. they weren't swimming for themselves they were swimming for ambition their parent you know wanting to impress their parents and stuff so i think that young lady was not she was doing it might maybe for the wrong reasons so. wow and now i guess the advice from coaches to women swimmers is uh you may as well give up because now men are just coming into our sport dressed up as women <laughs> yeah that's such a um but you know daniel it's like um it's just what's the next thing to get people divided mm -hmm. you know and and that's the new new thing and it is crazy and you you know that when civilizations start to you know the start to fall that they start to become hooked on things that are very divisive but are sort of um you know the roman empire i think they became hooked on that type of area and so it's kind of an inevitability but not not it's not constructive uh, it's not it's it's not constructive for me to spend my time looking at that situation um i'm more on freedom so if someone wants to uh you know walk around with a dildo on the head or, or whatever they want to express themselves in which whatever way that's fantastic it's just when we start imposing right and there's the um the mind coming in and thinking it can deal with these complex systems and it starts to mess up
if you 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 went in on a on a tricky subject already yeah. i wasn't ready for that one <laughs> you put some and then bang you, you went in with the tricky one but and and, and kicked off and yeah. kicked off with a teenage uh daughter session as well so uh, you you're way on the back foot here uh <laughs> which is what the plebs love like the uh the rawness of these podcasts but let's um okay so we kind of we, we kind of did the rabbit hole story that's uh we can put a line through that but what yeah. i want to uh talk about um, what really interests me when you and I have these conversations, because we've already talked before on Zoom, um, before we met in Madeira, the, like your background in what would you call it, sports science or um, psychology, or like wh where where do you fall into that? I, I hate labeling things, but just so well, the players can we were to label. So I was in high performance. So I worked in. Um in elite football. So I, I was head of strength conditioning injury prevention for Chelsea Football Club uh, for a number of years. Um, I worked at other football clubs, uh, but I went on to work with a player at Barcelona for three seasons uh, where we won everything. So Chelsea, we won two, you know, uh, premierships and went on to Barcelona. So uh, I also worked with the English National Ballet School, so high performance ballet. And so my initial um, area was strength and conditioning uh, in and fitness. Uh, but uh, I realized, you know, as you get older, I was um, dyslexic and that's, that's a skill set for me. It's not a, it's not a negative. It's just, I'm able to pattern information really quickly. So what I got good at was not like counting to 10, which I was a very bad personal trainer before that. Cause I would miss a number and everyone would, think I was adding a rep and everyone used to make fun of it. I couldn't count to 10 without flipping a number. Um, and I got more into injury prevention. So we had, I think it was around 280 million pounds worth of player. Um, that was when uh, Abramovich had come in and, um, you know, got the wallet out and started buying uh, Varane, Crespo and, and Drogba and all, all you know these top level athletes this is like mid 90s then we're, we're kind of pinning this on uh, no, um early 2000s 2003 four okay all right okay yeah wow. so uh, and yeah. so you, you've not at this point it was all the physical stuff like you're yeah. having them doing squats and like uh strengthening core yeah. and like and, okay. and my strength is, so one other thing like uh there's lots of things i'm not good at but what another thing that i'm okay i'm uh, pattern recognition i've always been um you know you don't want to play cluedo with me because it i just i can see who does what by the way they're you know their little micro um things uh, so it, while I was at Chelsea, I started going inwards. I started to, because, uh, I have a lot of, um, uh, you know, mental illness in, in my family above, um, in my family, um, you know, grandfather killed, uh, committed suicide. Grandmother was in, uh, mental hospitals with severe depression all her life, electric shock treatment. I don't mind talking about it, but it's something that I was always extremely sensitive and so things were very, very painful for me. So it, it, when I was about 25, 26, I started to go, why, you know, I need to find answers to why I'm so insecure. So I find things so painful. I have so much pain in my body. And so that, that was the initial um, necessity going inward. So I started doing like Reiki, um, you know, re reading psych psychology. And when I was about 25, 
but very much on the alternative side, as well as, uh, so if you imagine I'm doing all of this internal work, um, Tai Chi, Qigong. So at Chelsea, I brought in Tai Chi, Qigong, uh, I, which is now, um, you know, it's like advanced stuff now. Uh, you know, I was getting, um, say, Arjun Robin uh, was very sympathetic sympathetic dominant i would do work to to calm him down so internal breathing work um to balance out his nervous system so uh, i was the first one to bring in kettlebells swiss balls um in, in elite sport at that time so one of the things i'm good at is seeing things early i i think or getting in early and so at the same so i was pure physical but what what i was starting to understand was that the non-physical affects the physical whereas Jung would say the unconscious meets you in your body. So when you have uh, emotional pain, you will feel it in your body. Uh, people say, oh, I don't do emotions. I've had, I've had uh, clients in, say, Hong Kong who go, I don't do emotions. And they kind of, the hand movement is like, I can chuck them over there, but that's not possible. They go down into the body. Um, so you're, what I started to understand when I was at Chelsea was when a player was stressed and and i would ask i talked to players they're more likely to get injured or mm. they're more likely to show um sort of a flare-up in their body inflammation so if they have inflammation in their you know like with a with their wife or a money situation or some sort of then it would show up in the body and so <clears throat> there's a there's one story i could tell you that Please do. Please do. I'm going to ask you a thousand um, stories about this because I grew up loving football. So that there's, but go for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I could remember to ask me about Liverpool back okay. in the, when they were winning everything back in, well, they're winning everything now, but uh, ask me about that at some point. Okay. So um, I, I studied my philosophy. My philosophy at the time was study with the best in the world. Now that's not in universities. That's not experts. I'm talking about people who are working with athletes, real getting results. So I would, I flew to Michigan to work with a guy called Gary Gray, who was uh, Michael Jordan's uh, ex-physical therapist, worked on his knee. Um, I flew to Marseille, France to work with Guy Voyer. That was before anyone knew about Guy Voyer because Guy Voyer is like the man right now. He's a fascial expert. I studied in Paris, um, posturology. So I, I'd go and uh, learn from the best and pay them tons of money. So like, yeah. tell me everything you know. Then I'd take that back to Chelsea. And so I set up uh, an injury prevention lab inside the, you know, inside the medical team. And so what I would do is I'd have two weights, um, two weights, you know, to measure weight but I put them side by side. They're really expensive um, piece of equipment. And so the athlete would stand one foot on one, one foot in the other. So you'd see if there was a sway mm -hmm. or shift in the way I'd have a plumb line in the background lines. I'd photo them. Uh, I do a movement analysis and I check their eyes. If they were affecting their body, if the teeth, if there's a pre-bite, it can twist the body. There are scars. You can neutralize a scar or see if it's inputting into the nervous system so you can have a scar and it can twist underneath the scar. So you twist your hips. Um, if one of the eyes is uh, you've got uh, like a tight lateral rectus, the muscle on the side here, um, 
that can tilt or uh, twist your body. And so if you, I'd have this, these eye drops and do this kind of resetting of the eyes and then their body would go whoop and come back to balance. Yeah, uh, scars, it's, it's kind of crazy shit, but you find a scar, you could use a red laser pen on it. And so that would kind of neutralize the galvanic current, which is like a, a skin current. And they could be like that. You do that on the scar and they go zoom and they come back to perfect. So then you'd know that that scar was inputting and it needs, uh, needs more work done on it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So there's yeah. a hierarchy of these things. So I go through them. So coming back to this weight shift. So I had this player on there, world-class player, number one at the time in, in um, football. And he's standing on there. He stands on there and he's eight kilos heavier, I think, on his right leg. So he's like that. So this is a true story of how I remember it. So I had the medical team there watching what I was doing, uh, which I felt uncomfortable with. So I'm going to talk about, you know, I was insecure, uh, but I was doing my thing. I wish now I could go back with what I know into that body, you know, um, I'm much more comfortable. And so the chiropractor said, oh, it must be his atlas, his, this, um, you know, the, the, the chiropractor knows the bones must be that the podiatrist said, oh, it must be a short leg. Um, you know, someone else says something and then the doctor's standing there with a syringe. That's my joke. It's like, what can I inject with drugs? That was his, um, that was my joke at the time. And so I'm about to start my physical assessment, but I'd been, I got this like uh, non-physical stuff that I'd been hiding and it, I kind of went, just, you got to try it. And what I did was I said, um, I had my clipboard. I said, what's the best sex you've ever had? Just as you do in a football club, because um, yeah, it's football club, right? And so <laughs> an hour later, he said, um, you know, he kind of, you know, obviously went because when people going through the folders on their computer in their mind, they, they look up and they go, dick, 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 dick. you can see someone's going through their memories. And then he goes, oh, yeah, there's this Romanian, Romanian girl. I, I'm not listening to it. I'm looking at the scales and he balanced out zero, like perfect. All right. And then to counter that, I said, um, what's the worst day of your life? And then you, so I, I, I really feel uh, like a shift in the energy. Like he just went, you could see something. Of, and very quickly he connected with the worst of his life as, as anyone can do. And he went to nine kilos. On his so, right side. On, on that same side. Yeah. The right side. So I, I went, what the fuck? Yeah. And I turned and their eyes glazed over. I turned to the dog and said, did you see that? And he just, there's this look when someone doesn't want to go there. It, you, when you talk with big, uh, someone who doesn't understand Bitcoin and doesn't really want to see it, their eyes go, they, they kind of, Burr. and I just went, oh, fuck, he's not listening. He's like, where do I stick the needle? Like, he's feared, doctor. Mm -hmm. And what I, so to, what I did was I went home that night. I remember walking because uh, I live quite close to the training ground in Cobham. I was walking and with my head down, looking at the grass going, what the fuck just happened? That is the most amazing thing. I've, 
that's something extremely important with all of my skill set and all my you know over 100 grand easy in training from other people i couldn't have changed him without touching him instantly and so that was the start of my is it possible to work on someone and change them physically instantly without touching them and so now come come to day <clears throat> when i work with someone it's very much it's ones and zeros it's there's this code you're either strong or weak to something so it's based on Taoist principles of yin yang strong and weak hot cold so the initial thought the sex um, that he had that could have been a weakening thought by the way you can you know you can have negative sexual experiences but it was a positive it's, it's a strong so it strengthened him so it went bang the moment he connected to the weakening thought it it took him away from balance so that code is with everyone and when you work with that you can change pain instantly on the spot you can resolve people's issues because when you tell someone that when you find the underlying truth which is strength which is strong that instantly shifts them so we'll get more into that but that's how at that point i from then on i resigned um from my position like i couldn't work in the medical team knowing that like, i couldn't talk to anyone my girlfriend left me the next day um, wow. it, it was it wasn't it wasn't a good relationship right and so i left my job and then she let she lost her maybe her status hmm. she left me uh, i sold my I, I it was very difficult time for me you know it's a, a huge change but I look back now and think, you know, everyone's like, you're crazy to, you've got one of the, I was probably the highest paid in the UK, one of the highest paid in Europe. And the, like I had everything. I had the most space at Chelsea Football Club, which, you know, the doctor took some of it away because I was being given all the gym space, everything. And I left it mainly because probably I didn't value myself in the position I was being put in but also because I knew I had to go and walk this path of um, sort of the, the, what would it be? You know, the least, least walk path is, is really to go inwards. So I started like maybe around 25 years ago. Oh, mate. Okay. So much to ask. Uh, right. Let's do like a, um cheesy fiat story because you were right you were encompassed by fiat behavior you know you know you've got young men there at the top of their game with all the money in the world they're chasing loose women loose women are chasing them they're just trying to get their name on the team sheet that uh, they're trampling all over each other uh it's a toxic toxic environment which yeah. a lot of us do not give any kind of thought to because we just see them as superstars especially as young kids right they just see them in the newspapers they see them scoring the goals or making the saves or whatever else but behind the scenes there's a lot of sadness a lot of anxiety Absolutely. what were you saying oh uh, i yeah it's a it's a great question um I have seen, I've worked with, there was an international, French international player that I was rehabbing that was bawling his eyes out on the machine. And I said to him, 
are you okay? like I didn't say are you okay because I knew he wasn't we've been talking about some stuff and I said do you want to stop mate you know like and he's like no and he just I, I trained him you know he was in deep addiction problems deep depression uh, I've seen um, the physio go to another player who's very well known and knocked on it he couldn't get hold of him and the door was slightly ajar in the Chelsea area and, and walked in and he was in his boxer shorts staring into the abyss in his room I've had um, I can't say names but this is another guy who who was depressed in in like in a ball in the corner of my room like kind of rocking it's it, and I'm not saying it's all like that but the fun so when we talk about fiat it's we're going to hopefully um, explore this more is for me it's sent it's a centralized so you have centralized mind which is you're caught in this fiat world and you there's so much desire for pleasure and then we're so conditioned at school and in 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 culture to be ambitious to put people like ronaldo you know who are unforgiving in their ambition they're they're great um but this inevitably creates suffering uh, a little bit like the monetary system inevitably creates in the the suffering so there's this um that whole world of ambition um seeking status uh, acceptance and recognition um inevitably um, creates the opposite which is despair and depression so this this idea of a centralized mind is the fear you know the fear world fits in there but it's it's the mind it's centralized and then when you start to see that there's more to this mind that is an illusion fundamentally you be so i talk about the decentralized mind it's the ability to see the whole conditioning of humankind which we've been conditioned for centuries um we we've had religions trying to shape humans but it a force for good always creates a force for evil in a in a dualistic mind so in a decentralized mind we observe that and that changes it so centralized we're moving to decentralized money in my work, and my work is there to take people from a centralized mind, which is inevitably suffering and imprisonment. So if you want to be free, you have to move to a decentralized mind. That's my area. I, I don't know if we went off track a little bit there, but... A, a little bit, but there's something I definitely want to uh, touch on. Uh, I'm just worried now that uh, any plebs listening to this who might have high-performing kids or 11 to 13-year-olds that are doing really well at football and are being, uh, or any sport, ah. and are being bigged up, right? Yeah. Uh, as a parent, what do we need to start doing about this? Because a, a parent gets swept along with all sure. of this. Uh, and it's really, I feel just, um, there's so much damage done to these young kids, at, like from, from the age even, what, what age did I scout them at the moment in the UK? Well, they'll be, have their eyes on them, like six, seven, you know. Oh. With absolutely no regard for the damage they're going to do to that child's mind. So 
I would say that if they're good then already, then it's the parents who have put a ball in front of them, right? Inevitably, they very rarely has the kid just, you know, the, but the, like I know professional footballers and it's not a, a for, the, for the professional footballer, they love the game and not the people who love it, who can like, it's their thing, right? This ball. So I know a professional footballer when the baby could hardly, like before it could walk, he was hitting, you know, the legs on the ball. So he's kind of conditioning the baby for football. And so that's what you have to do to have a professional athlete. Now, are you doing it because you want the, because you, you loved the game so much, you want the child, the baby, the child to enjoy it? Or are you doing it because you want recognition for yourself and for the child? And now the second one is usually what it is. I'm not saying it is always. Um, and so the parent conditions. So you said to me, what would you do? Let's say you're, you, you can see that the child's getting a lot of praise and recognition for being good at that skill and that drives it. Yeah, that's kind of part of, that's just how, you know, I get recognition and praise for what I do. But what I do is I observe my um, behavior around that. So let's, let's not talk about me. Let's say you have a child who's very good at sport and you can see there's a lot of recognition and um, admiration. So it would, uh, for me, if that happens to my child, I'll observe how I uh, react to that, my behavior. And, and if it's, I'm getting, um, wow, look at, look at me type thing. Look at my kid. Look, because if your kid's doing it, it's like, wow, I'm a good father. Look at me as a father. I just observe that. There's no labeling or commenting on it. And a little bit, uh, we can talk more about this observation of behavior because if you try and change it and say to your child, don't be big headed, it inevitably will create the opposite. It will it'll create, it's like the um, Ethereum developers. They're like, okay, we need to do that. And then, then they go, oh shit, we didn't see that thing happening. Is the complexity is almost unfathomable, you know? So I would just observe my behavior around my children. I never tell my children, um, I, you know, if my, uh, my five-year-old Lima says, look, I'm the I'm the best, she's, you know, she'll say, I'm the best at ballet. I'm, I'm great at ballet. And I just say, you've practiced a lot. There's no, um, there's no connection between how much I love her to something that she's doing. Uh, I'll say, wow, I, I love the way you kept, you know, you've been practicing that. I have to be careful even with that. So I'll just say, well, you practiced a lot. It's not I'm putting her down, I'm being truthful. But if I say, hey, Lima, wow, that's, you're amazing at that. That's amazing. Then she goes, oh, daddy thinks I'm amazing when I do that. But if I don't do that, then he thinks I'm the, like the child's brain will be, then I'm not good enough. And I work with hedge fund owners, billionaires, who it goes back to their childhood like that. That they, I have to create a legacy. Why? Well, because it kind of goes back to the, they think their father wasn't proud of them, but they were, 
but they misinterpreted it because the father would say to them things like, you, you, um, you got to do more. You've got to work harder because the father loved the child, but the child only hears, I'm not good enough. Mm. It, it's so, you know, it's so um, a fine balance, but fundamentally I have to observe, I have to work on myself. If I'm worried about my child, I work on myself. There's no separation. You, you, your reality is you. So I just, um, you know, with, with uh, parents of their children, they have to work on themselves. If you want your child to be free, you have to work on yourself. You want to change the world? Don't change the world because you'll get someone like Bill Gates. He thinks he's changing the world for good. Guess what? You inevitably create the opposite. If you use the centralized mind, you have to... Oh, I really want to change the world. Why? Well, kind of, you, you maybe want, don't want others to suffer, but there's going to be ego there. And so you just observe that. And in not trying, so this is Wu Wei, uh, yeah, Wu Wei, effortless non-doing Taoist principles, is you think you're, you're not doing anything. Oh, I need to change the world. Just observe why. And in observing, you change the world. And that's very counterintuitive. That is very counterintuitive. So we throw that. Okay. In observing, you change the world because. So let's take a Bitcoin example. And right. now I'm just off the top of my head, right? I haven't thought about this. So this might crash and burn, right? Uh, I'll just observe my behavior and crashing and burning on uh, your podcast. Um, <laughs> so, Daniel, like a lot of Bitcoiners, let, let's use it um, maybe. Let, let's say you're a Bitcoiner, you, you're fired up. You know you want uh, Bitcoin to become the reserve world currency. You know everything it can do, okay? So you're fired up and you go into, say, you sit down at that Maya coffee shop in, in down the road and you sit there and then some people start talking and then you're like, you know, and you've, you've got to, da, 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 da. and it's because of your emotion for that. What's normally going to happen is you're going to create the opposite where they, you want it so badly that they kind of push back. Right? No. But the person who doesn't say anything and the, then they say, this is what I find. They'll say, you know, why, why are you here or something? I, I'm doing, I'm into this thing called Bitcoin. And then you say nothing. You don't push anything. Then they say, well, that you kind of almost pull them in. There's an emptiness there. You're not pushing. You you leave emptiness. It's like my, if we could get into mixed martial arts around this. You leave space, and then they they get drawn in. So the the energy of you pushing the with the emotions will push them, but then you pull them in. And so it's a little bit like the guy who goes to the bar and he really wants to get laid. Um, it, he's not going to. The women know it. But the guy who goes in, who's maybe been laid and is like, doesn't give a shit. They're like, oh, you know, that guy's really attractive. Like I've talked to, I don't know if that second analogy works with the audience, but uh, same with women, like the person it, it's so with, with Bitcoin, it, when I work with a Bitcoiner, if they're really, they like, oh, we need this to work. I'll say, why? Now we go down the rabbit hole and they say, well, we need freedom. 
I say you so you you like freedom don't you yes say so you don't like to be imprisoned you don't like to be limited no I absolutely can't stand it here's a rule of there's a rule in this reality that the more you move against something the more you will attract it so you have to become more neutral to um because you're always just going to get limited either by your mind and something so when i'm working with a bitcoin if you can balance out the two where you're okay with being imprisoned i know that sounds crazy but you 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 need to be okay with being free and imprisoned so you're neutral you're balanced then you won't pull in uh, limitations and restrictions you'll be peaceful and then counterintuitively uh you'll you'll move bitcoin forward that's i didn't explain wow. that so well, but that's oh, my no idea. but like i can i let, let's let's do a live session right okay. uh, because I, I felt this literally just yesterday uh i got back uh, from madeira having just the most incredible conversations uh, and seeing like the work that's being done there uh, and I come back and uh, I'm off to the UK next week to another Bitcoin meetup at uh, Avon Valley in, in Bristol. Sure. Uh, and I'm taking three of my kids with me uh, because it's a camping trip. My my wife and my oldest daughter are like, camping? Like, no way. <laughs> you guys go. <laughs> Not glamping. So, yeah. So we're, we're all excited about it. Uh, now, Sophia, who you just met this morning, uh, and I are the only ones here in France because... Uh, my wife and the other three kids are at a family uh, wedding anniversary, big family reunion event in the UK. The reason we can't go is because Sophia's passport was up for renewal, um, yeah. expiring within that, you know, you've got to have a certain amount of months before you're allowed on the plane, blah, blah, blah. So we sent this thing off like six, seven weeks ago. And of course, they still have not got back with the new passport. So unfortunately for us, we weren't, I stayed behind with her because it was my wife's side of the family uh, celebration. Now it's still not back. Uh, and I called the consulate and they explained to me that I can apply for an emergency passport if I want to take her to, to the Brighton meetup, yeah. uh, Bristol, excuse me, meetup. But that would be a further hundred pounds. It would be a seven hour round trip for my wife, myself and Sophia to go and be interviewed by the establishment uh, and then another seven hour round trip to go and pick up the emergency document if they deemed us fit enough to to give us this. So, yeah, I got freaking so angry because angry. that's my that's my freedom and sure. that's my daughter's freedom. And in mid-July, we have my side of the family having a big family reunion because, you know, everyone was locked down for two years. So, like, I can feel the anger building up and yes. my distress against the state and the unfairness of it and i'm a bitcoiner and this is yeah. why i want fuck you money and this is why i want to just tear this whole system down right so i come to you with that story yeah and you know what what do you say okay, to me? So, so i've already if you saw me writing there yeah because you're giving me information i've just written uh some things so um the foot so i you're your own authority Okay, so when we work together, you are by my side. You are not, um, I'm not your teacher, I'm not your guru. That's important. I always say that with a client. Um, we observe things together. There's, I'm no authority. 
I don't want to be your authority, just so you, you know. And so that is my work. So you can see how Bitcoin just goes, fits into that really beautifully, yeah? Um, so uh, on the energy side, you remember we talked about that, those scales. I was listening to the words you're using, and you said UK, you said Madeira. Now I know you're in France. Yeah, so France weakens you. So what, what I mean by that is when you connect to, you might be connecting to the British bureaucracy a little bit, but the French, um, the French government, the French bureaucracy weakens you. It's a one and a zero. So if I was working with you, I would probably get you to give me exact baseline or number out of 10 for the frustration anger. And then I would tell you those points. You strengthen them. It's your computer. So I kind of access your computer and show you, and then you would feel completely different. But because we're not, I'm not going to do that. We're going to, I'm going to talk to you about something very important is, so you're being limited in and sort of restricted and your freedom taken away by that situation. However, the emotion you're experiencing is imprisoning you. And that is going to be the thing that bothers you the most because that'll keep you up at night. That'll increase your blood pressure. You don't. So there's one thing saying that's bullshit, but the, how it's making you feel even now, because when you started talking about it, you could feel the energy sort of, you know, like the, um, that's bothering you that you're not free from. So do you see that I can't ring up the British government and change that, but you just want to be like, I like, it's okay. It doesn't mean that you accept it. Does that, mm -hmm. it doesn't mean if I take away your emotion, you're still a Bitcoiner. You will never, but you don't want to be imprisoned by your emotions. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. Yes. So then we look at your emotions. Now the situation, I wrote down the word immediately when you started talking about it, your anger, and you, you were going to say anger and frustration. So anger and frustration is what you're experiencing. But if you were to look underneath, if you were to observe that anger and frustration, so I'm, what I'm telling you is what I would do in this situation, maybe you can do that as well, is you'll think about it and then you're going to have thoughts and experience and experience in a, like in a, an emotion. So I kind of always do this. I look down, I'm kind of look observing my own behavior. All you need to do is observe that. And then what will happen? You'll be going, why am I so angry? Why am I so angry? So I would suggest I'm kind of, I would, I would probably try and get you to answer this more yourself, but you're helpless. And that's mm -hmm. what bothers you. Yes. Men, yes. When, men, when they're helpless, they get angry. I think I mentioned that maybe in Madeira. Men, when women not can do, but men definitely, because they're supposed to be capable. That's probably why there's more Bitcoiners, males, because they don't like, none of the Bitcoiners in Madeira like helplessness. That's why they're driven to the opposite. So, that helplessness, you're reacting to it by chart firing yourself up, but that imprisons you. So I would suggest observe your helplessness in just, I'm, I'm calling it helplessness. Just don't label anything. Don't comment on it. Just watch your behavior. 
and it will dissolve it. And so in the future, you'll be, you know, you'll experience helplessness and there will be no um, emotional reaction which imprisons you. So you'll be completely neutral. Does that make sense? Yeah, so it's the, it's like two layers, I suppose, isn't it? It's like, you know, layer one is like the actual imprisonment of, you know, not being able to move across the border because of some piece of card or piece of paper reality right the movie but, but then the second layer is the double imprisonment of you know the, the next set of bars being put around myself is my own anger yes i would suggest that the um there's only one imprisonment is coming hmm. from your is coming from your mind so there's this situation that happens and you can't go. So that's reality. And when you argue with reality, you lose hundred percent of the time. That was, uh, I borrowed that from someone else. It's a nice line. Um, so you can get to the point. So now we're getting to the point of if you want to be free, there is, you can be without suffering. This is a, something that this is what I have done a lot of work into. You can be uh, peaceful all the time. It's only when we start to, uh, our conditioning comes out because of something on the movie screen. Um, the movie screen, the reality is when there's a disturb, you're disturbed about the situation that's showing you your conditioning and so that is your opportunity to dissolve the conditioning and free not only you but humanity it's a it's a decentralized blockchain when you work on you you work on everyone so when you add anger and ah, you fuckers you know you fucking fuck you're ad you're adding to the you're perpetuating the conditioning so what I'm saying is with this situation, it's such a great opportunity for you to start observing the conditioning of humans around restriction and, and helplessness in males. You dissolve that. And then the situation is not, you, you know, if someone punched you in the face, you're not going to go, ah, that was really nice. I'm really peaceful. You know, I'm not talking about bullshit, you know, gurus. If, if someone attacks me, I'm going to uh, choke them out. I, it's not like, oh, I'm a pacifist. And this is, you know, if someone attacked me, I'll, they're going to, I'll do whatever I need to do to protect my family and everything. What I'm saying is um, whatever happens in your reality, when you're disturbed by it, then you can dissolve it. So a bit like in the wild, um, you get attacked by a lion, a zebra gets attacked by a lion and it gets away. There's no, it just shakes the excess energy off they they tremble and then that releases the energy and then they're like back to normal like they don't hold on but we hold on and perpetuate the conditioning and then we're not we, we become trapped by our trauma and our conditioning does that make sense it does and you know that there's there's other things going on as well in in the personal life because they're trying to clamp down on homeschooling here 
So they keep yeah. coming for our kids and keep coming yes. with um, extra controls and tests. And now they want yeah. to come in our home and sit our kids down and do and control them. Yes. And I am completely helpless against this. Beautiful. And it makes me fucking angry as yes. a father, right? And yes. uh, as a male. Yes. And you are me, Daniel. I have all of human conditioning inside of me, open source, like you. And so I totally understand that. So when I heard that, um, I started to uh, take responsibility for one, my the helplessness and, and my anger and everything it's to, to dissolve it because I'm going to change. I want to change. Well, I'm doing it because I want to be free. And, and then in doing that, you free the world to some to a certain level. Um, but also I look at the psychologists who are doing who are pushing that and i i, I retweet or liked or retweeted there's a, a kind of an ex-psychologist who now homeschools or a psychiatrist and she's got a webinar you'll probably know who she is um uh helping psychologists to understand homeschooling sounds like well, uh, naomi fisher that's right exactly uh, i think i i liked her tweet about that yesterday mm -hmm. and so i can observe this arrogance of the psychologists this abusiveness and arrogance and ego of and then i observe it in myself because i am abusive i am arrogant i am controlling i think i know best because everything in my reality is within me in this um you know in this self in in the conditioned self so i i not i take responsibility for everything does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So for yourself, I would, um, Daniel, um, I would uh, observe that helplessness because you're British and there's, you know, each country is, is conditioned a bit like different computer systems. We're all computers. We have different software running on them. We're programmed conditioned slightly differently. And the British um, don't like to be helpless. You know, they've got that island mentality um they're very angry men you go out uh you know 11 o'clock at night in the uk and everyone's pissed up you're going to get punched in the face like it's such a dangerous environment you go to barcelona i lived there 10 years the only two times i got into problems with possible violence or someone purposely looking for a fight with me was with two english guys okay this the spanish like I would, this morning, there's a, a little cafe, the only one open on the seafront here in Madeira, and they're all pissed up. It's it's on a Saturday a Saturday night. They go to that cafe. It's the only one open. They couldn't have their last drink, and it was totally peaceful. If that was in the UK, that would be carnage. So we, you and I are, are programmed um, with you know, um, conditioning from Great Britain, and so we need to observe that helplessness. And the beautiful thing is, the more you observe it, it's the hardest thing in the world. The highest form of intelligence is to be able to observe without commenting. Okay, that. Is... All right, let's 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 do that then, because that that's crazy. Uh, and we talked about this a little bit over coffee at Maya, I think. Um, the, this idea of not thinking about anything for a certain amount of time <laughs> the, the, the one the one thing i would say is like I, i've tried 
the breathing exercises i've tried perhaps like the headspace app uh, i've looked into like uh, meditation in air quotes you know it means so many different things to so many different people yeah. meditative walks and things like that where you just try and just go and listen to the birds for as long as you can without a, a thought going That's, across your mind they're trying to shape you're trying to shape yourself they're fiat tools right so if so, you want a bitcoin yeah uh, meditation <laughs> so please go this ahead. is what we need yeah exactly so you what you you were explaining to me is sitting there zero thoughts like that's an outcome that so the more you you just if we walk this one through yeah let's say you uh daniel your house is a mess it's just you know you're a hoarder and you say, Rob, I know you're a good cleaner. Can you come in? So fundamentally, that's what clients do. They say, Rob, can you come in and clean? I'm not cleaning them. I'm in a way they're cleaning themselves, but I'm pointing things out that they can't see. So I go to your big house and there's maybe relationship um, wing over there. And we're not going down there today, but I'm coming in. And so the more you clean your house, the more you can move around peacefully and not look at things and not bump into things. So let's say clear your house completely. There's nothing in there. There's no TVs, there's nothing going. You're just gonna sit there, there's nothing in there. So when you're working internally on your mind and deconditioning, de de-engineering the, the self until the self, be, it, it dissolves. And I'm not saying I'm enlightened, but enlightenment is just shining light into darkness. So you become aware of your mind The the more you work on this, the more the mind quietens. So I can go into the park and it's not always like that. I'm not like able to walk on water, but I can go into the park and spend long periods of time observing with no thought and people go bullshit. It's like, no, nah, that's not possible because their house is absolutely full. Um, a lot of the Bitcoiners are extremely intellectual. Um, you know, you need a high IQ. Uh, I talked about that with Knut. Um, yeah. A lot of the Bitcoin is high IQ, right? But that comes with a, is a negative, you need to be able to critical, critically think and problem solve. There's, a, there's a, a role for the intellect, but the intellect is way too dominant. And so when you start to understand that, you start to say, well, is there something else? And so I spend a lot of my time with no thoughts, a bit like Labrador. Um, but because I was in so much pain, uh, just constantly thinking like, and coming back to your point, you said I do breathing uh, um, app on the phone, headspace and you go for meditative walks. So what you're doing is you're, you're in your house, absolutely rammed full of stuff. And I'm saying, okay, Daniel, I want you to breathe deeply and focus on your breathing. You're going to numb yourself. And then you're going to feel better. You want, so a better analogy would be computer. You say to me, Rob, can you look at my computer? It's not working properly. It's really whirring and it's fucking annoying. It's like, it's stressing me like crazy. You can relate to that, right? When you're, you, so I'll come in and there's pop-ups all over your screen, flashing. You haven't emptied your, uh, you haven't closed your web browser, so you've got many different thoughts running. You see the analogy for the, mm -hmm. so you may have your child's education, the passport, they're all open. Your, you've never emptied your email, 
all the trash. And also, and this is maybe more down the rabbit hole, is you're connecting with other people's computers and downloading their emotions because everyone does that. And if someone says they don't, that's bullshit. It's not science. Um, I don't care because I see it all the time and you resolve it and it changes people's lives. So people download onto their computer stuff that is not theirs. Yeah. So what do I do? I come in and just close the web, you know, the pop-ups and everything, clear the browser, just imagine. And then what happens? Your computer is peaceful and running normally. Or I could say, hey, you should be grateful, Daniel. Just use gratefulness, right? You hear it, gratitude. Gratitude, that's the answer. Look, you've got a little square on your computer where there's no pop-ups. Just be grateful for that square. And then because you're getting a bit stressed and annoyed, just breathe or you can smoke this uh, joint. Both will numb you or have a glass of wine uh, or go into an ice bath. That'll numb you. Yeah, we know, so I, you know, I'm aware of someone that's his thing for the mind. Like, yeah, if, if I'm in pain, I put ice on my arm. I don't feel the pain. It doesn't make the pain go away. It doesn't doesn't make the injury go away. Does that make sense? So these are all tools. So kind of fiat tools. Um, you have to clear the pop-ups. And then do you have to do any breathing if your computer is completely cleaned? Do you have to breathe? Do you have to use gratitude? Do you have to use meditation no you just use your computer does that make sense mm. so yeah, meditation you're, you're, mm. you're resetting your your system the way you said it to me in madeira was something like um like rebooting or, or just shutting down those you know you, the, the the spinny beach ball of death sort of thing you get on like yeah. you just shut that down shut that down because you're yeah. stuck there so the io uh, the os you so if i go into a mac and it's really like slow i'll go okay what's running and then you close it that's what i teach on my meditation course is how to do that but again just coming back to those tools it's like if there's in if you mess around if you're in the say with a monetary system, you've got all these big brains going, okay, fuck, um, let, let's print loads of money. Oh shit, forgot it. Um, that's causing that. So let's do that. And then, and you know what's going to happen? In the end, it breaks, right? So it's breaking. Uh, Bitcoin's done. Like, that's why it changes people. It's like, they're so peaceful. Like, you don't have to worry. It just keeps tick, ticking along, right? So coming back to the computer analogy, there's all these people saying on Instagram or wherever going, oh, you need to be grateful or you need to hope or believe in this religion. That'll make you give you hope and make you feel better. Um, you know, um, stick this suppository up your ass. It's got mushrooms in it, make you feel better. Or ice, just ice bars or weed or alcohol or drugs or, um, you know, distractions. They're distractions. But... The monetary system that's like stimulus checks, it's a distraction. It's just, everyone's distracting themselves. What you need to do is you go in. So you need to go into the computer, clear it, and then you're, you don't do any of those things. Does, does that make sense? Mm. And I like that analogy of um, you're downloading stuff onto your computer that's, that's not yours. Oh. Uh, like, um, almost like, torrent kind of uh file sharing you know yes. and that's 
essentially what Twitter is. When you're doom scrolling through Twitter, you're just like downloading that little bit, that little bit, that little yes. bit. And it's generally all negative bullshit. Yeah. Or if, um, you know, close family, uh, somebody's got a problem within the family, someone's feeling depressed about something, you download that. Of course. Right. And that's a skill set. That's, that's human um, to, to download that. But it doesn't um, take their pain away. You know, husband-wife no, relationship, no, no, exact, brilliant, brilliant example. If your wife is suffering, you know, you're, you're going through a move right now, right? That's it. This is an anxious time and yes. you're apart from each other and yes. she's with the kids. And like, yeah. you will be downloading some yes. of her pain, thinking that you're taking something away from her, whereas yeah. you, you're it's, not. It's, um, it, it's, it causes a lot of damage to people. So... Um, here I worked with someone who what they said, I've got this, this, you know, they're really struggling. You can see them getting an emotional and um, they, they were like, I need to go away and be on my own for months and try and find myself. And I, I said, would you mind if I looked at that? I'm really, I don't like kind of asking people they need to ask me. So I said, would you mind if I have a look at that? Because you're talking about it. And like, it's like your computer's opened up in front of me and I've done that and I can see what's going on. And so uh, I don't know anything about this person, but I said, look, this isn't you. Uh, this is your mother. And you're, you're um, both what's called empathizing, which is just downloading literally the, the emotions, everything and running it as your own. And it fuck you or fuck you computer. Uh, it causes people to kill themselves or go into i've worked with people who've gone into mental homes or suicidal and, and cleared it like that or post-traumatic stress disorder one session when they realized it wasn't theirs and the other thing he was doing was resonating which is a it's like more of a mental like radio frequency he was picking up on his mother's thinking so i told him that and i said you know that's the main thing that you're doing and he he um, burst into tears. He said, how did you, you know, kind of, how did you know that? Doesn't, I didn't go into how I knew that, but then I said that just a moment, that emotion is hers. And I, I strengthened it. I'm not getting into how I worked so much, but I kind of let him know where the truth was coming from. Instantly, he was different. It was completely gone. So now he doesn't need to go sit in a cave somewhere. It was just downloading his mother's, um computer stuff it goes much more down the rabbit hole like here's a little story that popped into my head i was working with a footballer very well known um and he'd had an operation on his knee i didn't know that and i got a message from him said rob i had an operation on my knee and the pain's not gone and the doctor and the medical team have told me if you don't um you need another operation or you have to retire two options and he said can you fly over so me like he's a good friend as well i flew over and was in front of him and he's not so oh he's not i can't really talk too much to him about the rabbit hole stuff but i said okay first things like i'm looking at his knee and, I, and i'm like uh first thing is uh, the thing that's the, the where the pain is coming from is your anger with the medical team for giving you misinformation and i use the word carefully misinformation misdiagnosis it was weakening him 
And so the moment he heard that, it's gone. I did two, three more things. It took 10 minutes. He was gone. We went into the gym. He did a sprint on this amazing um, running machine, like top running machine, did sprints. He was back training. He was going to retire. He then got another contract worth millions and won, won the league. So that showed, like, what I'm saying is they, the doctors are there with, it's like their, their conditioning is everything's physical. It's from an old paradigm, by the way, because, you know, if you look at quantum physics, which I don't understand, I'm not saying I do, but that's kind of the shit's not how we think it is. It is just absolutely crazy. So for me, when someone says they've got pain or they've, they've got a problem, I'm not thinking that's where it is. It's not where it is. It's coming from something else always, ne nearly always. You asked me to remind you to come back to Liverpool. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I've got a friend uh, who played um, with, you know, um, Ian Rush and Doug Leash and people like that. So it was a high, it was Liverpool at world, when it was world class, which it is now. If you think back then, it was, that Liverpool every season would buy two world-class players. Um, that I remember that they brought that mid Scottish midfielder who's on TV, like the commentator who's like uh, doesn't Soon give a shit. Soonest, you know, they yeah. bought him. They bought Liverpool could buy anyone, and at that time British players were um, you know Scottish and they were world-class. So he worked for them and maybe two three times a week they do this thing called the dog which is they would um go out all night and drink and come in and play and the culture then was this this is a culture and i find this fascinating um whatever you do you know the manager would come in and say whatever but be ready for training at 10 30 and if you didn't perform you didn't get in the team that those were the they were free i haven't thought about it but I, I quite like that it's like do what you want but the consequences are if it affects your performance you're out of the team and they every every year they bought in two world-class players so there's a kind of certain pressure to perform right and they never got injuries they they won like um, the reason why I'm saying this is when you have, I'm not saying drink, al uh, I, I think alcohol is um, you know, a bit of a scam. It's not, <laughs> we're conditioned to drink alcohol. And that's another story. Um, you know, if you don't, I, I met a physio once said, I don't trust anyone who doesn't drink because I wasn't drinking at the time. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, I can understand that. It's old conditioning. Like, if you're not drinking, that means you're not being truthful because when you drink alcohol, the truth comes out so that you must be hiding something. So I understand the condition. And um, it, it's just that there's a reset. There's a, you know, if you get absolutely shit faced, it's almost like you lose your, you lose the, the, the fixedness of the mind. It's completely gone. And then it's like a reset. So I always, I listened to that back in the day and I was like, fuck, is it possible that maybe in the future, either they'll employ someone like me um, or, you know, using psilocybin or some, which is another way of um, 
de-engineering the the fixed ruts of the mind of perception we 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 can kind of dissolve them then those the the mind and the emotions and the fears and everything which goes into the body is removed and the effects on the body so when you have no mind you have physical intelligence which is why athletes want to be in the flow state and flow state really is is just no mind there's no mind so you know if an example is i'm playing beach volley and in barcelona and there's a i'm just bang the the serves going in every time and one of the guys on the opposite team said wow your serves going in every single time oh don't think about it not so i know what he was doing he was connecting me to my mind and that's psychological warfare and when your mind's connected then you're going to uh, fuck up that's what conor mcgregor does he gets the emotion to be triggered by finding their weaknesses and so what i did was in my head the mind is it goes in it doesn't what if it doesn't go in it goes in it doesn't um it you know it misses or hits and it doesn't neutral and then this is a kind of uh, part of my work. You put that into your midline. It's like you're almost entering that programming into your, into your mind. And then it was just bang, bang. There's no mind. He tried to trigger one of one to go down. And so then your mind starts going into your body and affecting your performance. So no mind is flow state. And you can be like that most of the day. But that's a paradigm shift that needs to happen. And we need to move away from this dominance of the intellect. Although the intellect's amazing because it created Bitcoin. Although maybe it came to him in a psilocybin trip or something. <laughs> well, this comes back to our conditioning growing up from a very young age, right? Where, where you're constantly being, um, you're constantly downloading something. And it what whether you want it or not, it's being pushed on you uh, in a classroom for mm. 15 to 17 years, however long you are trapped in that institution. And I can't help thinking they know what they're doing. So if, can I yeah. go? So I heard two things is there's that conditioning that we've all been through, Daniel, you and I went to school, right? And so we were conditioned to put your hand up to go to the toilet. We had to go to lessons. Um, I had teachers say, you'll never make anything of yourself, Rob. Yep. Uh, there was bullying there, and there was good things. I was good at sport. So I, you know, I was captain of most things. So I didn't really get bullied. But I, if I think back now, uh, there were some kids, it fucking must've been uh, hell, uh, especially if you weren't into sport. And so then I heard you say, I can't help thinking that they're doing it on purpose. And so that's, that thought um, is going to trigger your helplessness. Mm -hmm. And also, um, it's not going to free you. It's, it's possible that that is the case. And what could happen is they're doing it on purpose. And you I'm going to fucking war. I'm going to war. And so then you add more energy to it. Now, if you want to, this is like, you remember Bitcoin doesn't react to anything. It's just mm -hmm. 
TikTok next blog. Yeah. TikTok next blog. So to take full responsibility of that, you can say to yourself, well, I will say to myself, uh, purposely manipulating, purposely controlling and abusive for an outcome. I have that within me. I'm manipulative. I have everything within me. So if, if, you, if you say, oh, I shouldn't be angry, then you're cutting yourself off from your anger and you're going to start getting into more and more problems because you're going to get more and more angry. So you go, I'm, I'm anger. I'm, you connect with the whole of, of yourself. And then I would watch my thinking around that idea of them doing it on purpose, them purposely engineering um, an enslavement. And so then we come to a word which is really interesting is slavery. And if I say that and I think about you, you don't like that. No. So you want to observe, number one, you're enslaved by your emotions. Correct? As I am. Mm -hmm. So we, we observe, like, if I think about me being enslaved or in, them enslaving me, that's almost like I, I talk about that with my work is, is if a meditation, a real meditation is not sitting, growing a long beard, um, having a wolf t-shirt in a corner with joysticks or doing yoga poses on Instagram and going like that. Um, I work with all those people and they're all absolutely suffering. All the influences, I've, they, I work with them, they're in trouble, but then they go on the screen and go, look at me, um, which is kind of abusive manipulative right mm. it's not true um if you meditation is that that's shadow boxing is the analogy um the mixed martial arts you go into the cage and you show you see if your thing works so you learn about yourself in a fight in in a mixed martial arts it's not shadow box you don't really learn anything you get punched in the face all the shadow boxing goes out the window so meditation true meditation is interacting with people relationships in connections and then seeing your conditioning come out when you're when you react so we we've seen together that both of us when we talk about them enslaving us this you know agenda the wf the arrogance of them it it makes emotions come up inside of me and therefore i'm conditioned i am manipulative i am abusive and so i observe I don't want to get complicated here. I observe how I behave with that thought. So it's almost like casting your rod into a pond and the pond is WEF, um, New World Order, Bill Gates, that lot. Think about them, observe how you behave, dissolve the conditioning. You free yourself because that thought about being enslaved will enslave you. You'll start thinking about Bill Gates, those fuckers, I'm going to get them. You're completely enslaving yourself to that. You get caught in the story. So you come out, free yourself, and then you free humanity. So I was having a little thought. Sorry if I'm talking too much. I mean, so no, go, go. I was, I was walking along to my new apartment, and I just thought, oh, Bill Gates. <laughs> yeah, I just thought about him, and I was like, um, he's he thinks he's doing he's using his mind his intellect to do good and therefore inevitably and this is comes from my 25 years of doing this in experience and seeing it all day every day for 25 years you'll create the opposite 
as uh, Peter Hitchens said, or was it Christopher Hitchens, the you know the hitch slap guy, the philosopher who died, he he did a debate whether it was is the church a force for good, or, or and he did it's a force for evil. So the Catholic Church was created as a force for good, right? Uh, which institution has done more evil things than the Catholic Church? I don't, I don't think you can tell me one. Do you see the inevitability? So Bill Gates is buying all this land. He's doing, he thinks he's doing good. He's inevitably going to harm. And so if he sat down next to me, I was going through the, like, what would, what would I say? And then I thought, well, I need to be neutral about him. So I started to observe my behavior when I thought about Bill, Ga Bill Gates. And uh, I'm, I'm not coming up with an answer here, but I was like, how, how would I, what would I say to him if he sat next to me? You know, because there's nothing I can really do to change his mind. All I can do is, um, if I this world needs a revolution. Monetary, we need the mind out of the money, the government, the authority of the mind out of the money. We also need, I'm not going to go too much into religion, but that's an authority. We subjugate to a higher, uh, you know, priest and everything and to God. And religion's done some kind of, you know, it kind of goes against the, um, the brand type things, right? And then we need a revolution fundamentally of the mind. We need to stop going on Twitter and going, you fucking Republicans, you... You, it's you which divides us. We are humans on a decentralized blockchain. Bitcoin will advance this. Um, we all need to take responsibility for all the wars, all the abuse, and go in and work and, and observe our behavior, which is the only way. Uh, a little bit like I thought of this analogy the other day. Do you remember Clash of the Titans? Mm -hmm. Yeah, 80s. Medusa, you, if you looked her in the face, you turned to stone. There's only one way to fight Medusa was to look in the mirror and see the reflection. And that's kind of um, the moment you try and change the world with your mind, because you're, I'm going to do this. Like the, um, the anti-abortionists saying, um, yeah, my body, my choice. And then you say, well, what about vaccine mandates? And then like, uh, because they use their mind, we all need to, um, you know go within it's one so does this link then with this uh constant thing within our space of like a bitcoin maximalist toxicity sort of thing because yeah. uh we see what's wrong with the monetary system and that gets us angry as fuck because all of a yeah. sudden you connect all of the dots and then you realize none of the wars made sense and tens, hundreds, if not mm -hmm. billions of people have suffered and how the world should look like or could have looked yeah. like if it wasn't for all of this um, fuckery. And then that brings out the anger immediately. And that's why we have this, this idea of, oh, we're all toxic maximalists. We're to be ignored because we're all right wing gun toting religion hating you know whatever else that uh you know gets thrown at us um uh environment hating planet hating <laughs> you know all of that stuff because of the toxicity that comes up because we see what's wrong with the uh the money yeah 
Are you still there? Oh, yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I've, I've been thinking about it. it's really, I saw someone post on Twitter something about you fanatics, fuck you, you bunch of fanatics and cult. And um, for me, I don't really understand this word. Like for me, toxicity is not taking responsibility. So addicts, uh-huh. are, addicts are toxic because they don't take responsibility for their own behavior. So it's just, if I think about it, it's just a projection of the fear minds not taking responsibility for the damage and the, it's it's an addiction the fear system mm-hmm. so if you live with an addict or you know an addict they blame everyone else that's kind of why they never change they, um, uh, they they don't take responsibility which perpetuates their actions they never take if they took responsibility they change so that's that's kind of when someone might argue with me who's an addict who's in AA but I think they'd agree addicts and they you know that's why they get an addict to stand up and say hi my name's Rob I'm an addict you take responsibility okay um so they're usually when they're not in recovery they're toxic because they blame everyone else they manipulate for their goals so anyone who so a bitcoiner is truthful for me and they call out addicts for what their behavior is so if i if an addict was being an addict and lying to themselves this is what addiction therapy is they get you you call them out so i was in an aa meeting with a client the client asked me to go on it was really i was like fuck this is like gold i was like i didn't say anything they said would you like share anything i was like i'm not i'm just listening <laughs> um you're allowed to do it if, if you ask and so they're all, um, they get onto a subject of, oh, we need to improve the curriculum of AA. It's 80 years old and they're all getting a little bit, you know, Ugh. and then right at the end, there's this little old lady at the end who was chairing the meeting. And she said, okay, I'd just like to finish this by just reminding you that you're all uh, just a bunch of addicts who lie. And all of this, like, just went, and they were brought down like to earth and it was the most amazing like literally you could see people just go and is that toxic no she that's she's being truthful she said you're all addicts that's why you're here don't lie to yourself don't think oh i need to oh this you know they're blaming the this and that they've always got three fingers pointing back at them and she just pointed out the truth so she's truthful so is that toxic or is everyone else like getting caught up in their mind and blaming others for me that's toxicity um and in terms of bitcoin um you know bitcoin is being toxic um when i'm working with someone there and you know i'm going is it decentralized or is it the mind one and zero and so when someone goes yeah i go yeah but that's just your mind. So it's like me going, that's a shit coin. There's only, sh- there's only Bitcoin and crypto is, it's centralized mind. It's, it's uh, crypto is not like that, uh, that Bitcoin crypto uh, combination, the Bitcoin crypto currently, like you know how they do it, Bitcoin and crypto. It's like saying uh, mindless and your mind 
it it's no truth to it and it's i'm not saying it's it is it's kind of damn it's a little bit of a problem but the majority of people are completely caught in their centralized minds and if you start talking about bitcoin which is has no mind controlling it we took that's why people don't get bitcoin is because that would fundamentally start to break their ego and their their conditioning so that's why i love bitcoin is it starts to um uh, dissolve the conditioning of authority does that make sense it does and i can't i know you I'm pretty sure you were at that meeting. We were at the meeting where we were all set up in a big circle. Yes. Right. I, I, was, I was that your first? Was yeah, it was. First, I was, was like, oh, that's <laughs> I was just uh, <laughs> pinching myself. That that was funny. And I, I remember actually, as a joke, standing up and saying, hi, my name's Daniel yes. and I'm a Bitcoin maximalist. Yeah, it was right? great. But uh, this wasn't, uh, for the plebs that are listening, this wasn't like a, a session. This was actually a meeting with, uh, you know, one of the... Uh, bodies within uh, Madeira uh, but he had chosen to set the meeting up that way like a round table without the tables was how he explained it to us but we were in the room all beforehand before he arrived uh, and uh, yeah that was that was our little joke and yeah but we, we all we have addicted I think everyone's an addict that's my opinion it's to just, certain things for sure yeah it's just like uh, addiction is just a distraction from um, the mind cannot be empty. The mind, I think it's men, they would rather be have electric shocks than being alone, than be alone in a room. There's some study they did, right? So the mind, the mind itself doesn't like to be empty. It's its worst nightmare. So if I say what I do, uh, and there was someone I said what I did to on the in this group, and it just went boom, like not a single, not another word to me. Uh, about what what I do or anything because they're very caught their mind is very important and I would say these this addiction to say Bitcoin um, let's say let's I don't know if it's an addiction or not what I do know is I am addicted to freedom freedom is um, the, the I'm very very serious about it for my children for myself selfishly but there's nothing wrong with being selfish for my children, for my wife, and for my children's future. So Bitcoin, um, you could say I'm addicted to it. No, I understand the truth in that we either free or we are not. And we're like, we're heading in a, in a tyrannical way, but it's inevitable because it's the mind, it's centralized mind. It always, everyone's mind is controlling them. It's tyrannical. People just are seeing Bitcoin and Bitcoin's almost reflecting back that, um, the governments are tyrannical, but everyone's minds are tyrannical. They control us. And so I see you either understand that and you want the truth. There is only one truth and that we are not our minds. And so the addiction, you know, toxic maximalism, to toxic, like there's either truth or not. It's either decentralized or not. Shut the fuck, you know, like I have no time for you know that it's just an illusion and it will attract um addicts for the pleasure and so that bitcoin low time preference nature is really unconditioning people who've been 
addicted to you know you know more about that than me that uh, fiat uh, ladder you you were in corp corporate world before that ladder and ambition so um it's not a religion it's truth and bitcoin is creating um is a trojan horse to the mind is what i think i said when when i think about that through that lens i i think i would probably pin my addiction to truth rather than freedom right. but you yes. only just made me realize that yes. uh, because all i want to freaking find Ooh. out is the damn truth about yes. everything like and and like this this saying i blew um there were some young young guys in our in our uh, group and one of them had brought along his girlfriend and uh so i said to him well you i said to her uh, well you have to if you start from the the if you if you frame your mind uh, and start with you know everything is a lie which we like to say in the bitcoin space then you can start building on top of that and like eyes <laughs> crossed and uh, <laughs> it, it was too much clearly but that's the way I feel uh, because yeah. I'm addicted to truth, and because the you know the, the the blockchain, the base chain, whatever you want to call it, the the clock chain, as Knut um, pointed out, we should be calling it, um, is truth. Is just truth, and that's yeah, what that, I'm addicted to. And Vallis talks about yeah, this in beautiful. depth. Yeah. So I was just when you said I'm addicted to truth. There's only one thing. You you it's either truth or it's not. Mm. And you're addicted to the truth. And so when you start seeing the truth of Bitcoin, there's no, uh, you know, mind. Because you remember I said with the footballer's knee, I told him the truth. That changes his body instantly. So I'm addicted to the truth. And then the Bitcoin starts you off on that. But then we saw, do you remember you said, I'm angry at them for... But then if you find the truth, which the only way to do that is to observe your behavior. Because if you use your mind, I work with geniuses, like the much cleverer people than me. They can't find the truth because they're, they're in their mind. It's like playing chess with yourself. You can never find a solution. You can to an engineering problem, but we're in the head here. It's de-engineering. So you, you then started to realize actually it's helplessness. And so when you realize that, the anger dissolves. So it will happen again, Daniel. You'll, and then you observe. Don't call it helplessness because that will bring up all your past helplessness in the conditioning. Just observe that and then it will dissolve because it's the truth. And so Bitcoin will inevitably, although you know, I don't, I'm not too much into the future, it's so truthful it's it's a paradigm shift for our minds that's why most people can't get their heads around it, especially the bigger egos or the more fragile egos so um talib is is uh, i don't follow him or anything because it's just too toxic um but it's toxic because he's so fragile ironically ironically <laughs> yeah well it's it's inevitable you write a book about anti-fragility it mm. means that it's something that you want because you're so desperately fragile so he, you'll find that the people who talk about that stuff usually their problem is the opposite so he's so fragile right and it's not truthful and you show him it he even wrote on the book you remember the forward he kind of maybe his part of deeper self 
wrote on it and then his ego took back over and went disown that because that will completely shatter your your whole persona and that's denial it's too painful so he keeps inflating himself but the pop will come he's i the usually one. get them when they're popped he, he's the one that said if you see a fraud and don't say fraud then you're a fraud he's the biggest he's fraud, the fraud out fraud. there yeah <laughs> I've, I've been called a fraud once by someone i worked with him and then he was in Asia as, as a big player in business. And people were talking about me saying, there was this one guy fixed his back pain after 19 years with one session. He didn't want to talk to me. Next day, he couldn't get his pain back and it's never come back. Other people were saying good things. And this guy said, I'm a fraud. And at the time, it, it kind of hurt me. And he didn't even say he'd work with me. So he was fraudulent about that. And then what happened a couple of years later, Turns out he was defrauding his business partner and best friend for years, been stealing millions, and he was fraud. So again, it's inevitable. So the people who shout out the most on, on Twitter, they're the most emotional about something, usually have the um, opposite going on inside of them. But that, that's kind of the fun game. It's like detective work. You, it's kind of they're holding a big sign above their head. And Talib can't see it. It's just fascinating. Yeah, it's so um, it's so obvious as well. Uh, what have we not touched on? Not sure. Because this is such a deep subject. Uh, and, you know, the last couple of years, there's been a lot of helplessness for people who have suffered through the lockdowns, feeling completely helpless, having their jobs taken away from them for no obvious reason other than this uh, invisible virus in the sky that's gonna, you know, we, we, people are dropping dead in the streets. All of this narrative we were we were given, and people were downloading. Uh, and then, of course, the um, the coercive measures taken by governments and pharmaceutical companies to, you know, force people into taking medication in which they probably knew at a deep level was not truthful but yet still took it how's that going to manifest yeah so my thoughts on that is um in my experience of working um like the things shitty things that happened to me or working in elite sport is most people are incompetent the ones that the most ambitious are incompetent like they're incompetent and greedy and ego driven so there's going to be a big mix of that and people sometimes go oh that's um you know they conspire together but when you know someone in the background it's you're going to hear oh they're just fucking incompetent and they're greedy and the pharmaceutical companies are greedy and they're biased they you know like that um the exhaust pipe scandal in germany they were faking i read a deep article about it and they just kind of um, it's almost like they gas themselves very slowly. Oh, this is okay because we're doing this for the good, you know? And, and then they ended up, it turns out they were completely, but it, they slow cooked themselves into doing it. Yeah, there's um, pharmaceutical companies, is their business model is disease. And so they're not being truthful. They need to look at um, what causes disease, but that's not the business model. So they're not going to look at it. It's kind of inevitable. Um, the vaccine mandates, I find that very difficult. I didn't get vaccinated, nor did my 
my my children, my wife. Um, it caused problems with my family. They didn't want us to come over. I was like, it, it, it you know, it really drove a divide. Um, so um, how were you dealing with that then? Because so many of us were suffering at that point because, you know, well, my we business making... went up. Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I, but, I had but to you personally, observe... like not being able to visit family, knowing that they viewed you as irresponsible. And yeah, like... I just I felt, um, I, f- I think the thing that I was sad for humanity, like my grandparent and my parents love my, their grandchildren and this fear that had been driven into them had caused this contagion mind virus and they weren't seeing them. And I just thought that was um, that my children were missing out. Um, when it comes to, yeah, and so I had to observe that. I'm pretty good at resolving stuff for myself, so I'm, I'm okay. It's just, I thought it was a shame. I thought the whole thing was but inevitable in some regards when you start looking at the truth it doesn't bother you you just see it's inevitable because we're so subjugated to authority and it's got worse and worse and that will break it will balance out it's inevitable and that's why bitcoin guess what the money print it's just inevitable that it balances that out um but coming back to the helplessness um you know with the gun the shootings in us um, you know, the, the American dream was uh, propagated, that idea of the American dream. And it's, you can achieve anything. It's a country that's completely conditioned on ambition, status, especially uh, West Coast. Um, Miami have clients there as well. And so you have an American dream. Inevitably, you'll have an American nightmare. It has to balance out. So the American dream has the American nightmare in, in that people go in schools and shoot children. It's, it's, um, it's a nightmare, but it's inevitable, right? Because the mind is conditioned, you subjugate and condition humans to be completely driven up here, you're going to get the complete bottom opposite, it's inevitable. And then I saw that there was that kid that was 18, the angry uh, Hispanic kid or something went in and shot all those children. I tried, I find that very distressing. I'm not saying I'm neutral to that. Try not. It, it was just very, very difficult for me to look at. But I looked at the shooter angry to the point where he will get a gun and hurt. How can he hurt the world the most? Go after children. Get the most shocking thing he can do because he's helpless. So you either make it on the American dream or you, and most people are over here, especially with inflation, they're running on the spot and being paid less. They're completely helpless. You're 18. You know nothing about emotional, you know, you know, you don't know the truth about things. You're going to inevitably, it will not inevitably, but you're going to do something to hurt. And normally you'll become an addict. Mm -hmm which is hurting yourself, but you gain some control, right? You, you, you drink, you gain control over your pain. Does that make sense? Mm. But it, it inevitably you balance out with that being out of control. So you go through a cycle of you're trying to gain control and numb yourself, medicate yourself, and then you feel the despair again. 
okay that's addiction kind of thing and so with him he um wanted to gain power because of the helplessness how do you gain power well you can go on the ladder and try and become an nba player or you go on instagram and try and be powerful influencer um instagram leverages is their business model look at me recognition power you know um acceptance love and everyone looks up to you but because most people on there are helpless and lack self-recognition status but he um gained power by picking up a very powerful gun and shooting children who were helpless inevitable do you see the pattern it's just an it's just inevitable so the the thing is balance so we me i need to take responsibility for that shooter and observe my helplessness and observe my anger and observe my need for recognition and and i do that daily when i wake up in the morning it's i'm um you know bitcoiners they're like very very serious about bitcoin i'm i'm serious about bitcoin but i'm more serious about observing and uh, taking responsibility for all the horrors in the world that are in me yeah mm. and bitcoin has certainly rewired your mind then in, in it's helped with you putting this kind of picture together yeah i, I definitely i mean i was more in my head uh, it's given me something physical concrete in the outside world it's it amazes me every time i'm looking i'm like fuck this is is it's an invention it's part of nature i'm writing uh, i've i'm finishing off <laughs> i've spent a bit too long on that long article it's way too long <laughs> about this is it's this um uh, be careful canute's going to come at you with it's a discovery not an invention uh, you, you I, I would like to be a fly on the wall on that conversation yeah so, it so. would be it, <laughs> <laughs> it, over a beer right yeah um, a poncha um, yeah poncha <laughs> yeah it, it is almost it is that's a great I, i'm not clever enough to that maybe a discovery because it's ab it's no it, it was created out of nothing right zero to one so there's this tyranny of the there's tyranny of the monetary system inevitable that something is created to balance that so is that a create yes yeah, it's, it's part of the universe it was inevitable that's why i'm like i can never and the people who get bitcoin that's they get it that's um, the type of people that are taking responsibility for the world and that meeting that we were in on and there was jeff booth opening his mouth i was like oh you know amazing and and everyone at that meeting i was really i was kind of i was leaning back there was andre um who'd set up the meeting yeah andre loha who who's the uh, absolute legend here in madeira if everyone's listening they should be following him he's just doing a hell of a lot for bitcoin i just leaned back and i was like you know when you're in class and you're going oh, you're trying to catch someone's attention i was doing that with him he was afterwards he was like i know right I know. <laughs> there was some pretty mind-bending moments that's for sure uh what well i've got to close it down uh if you had one orange pill left to give to somebody who would you give it to and why Oh, shit. Like that he took it. Yeah. I think it, it would be Bill Gates. 
he's just doing he's just too in his head and he's got too much power but um i would maybe him the only thing i would say there's someone if 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 someone wants to learn more about this stuff there's a guy who's who died um krishnamurti that's with a k um and he was wonderful and he would be a bitcoiner he's an old he was an old dude um and he spent his whole life um uh, making people understand that self-authority and freedom from the known which is all, all of human conditioning he 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 influenced me a hell of a lot and i um it's all my, when i i have a real i feel like real connection with him because he's he if he was alive now he would be looking at bitcoin and going fuck yeah well he wouldn't say it quite like that he would be using very precise words but he orange he was trying to orange pill people this whole life about um freedom from tyranny and bitcoin is being created i think to get under the mind and split it and it's going to create a completely different world uh, whether or not i'll be around to see that i don't know we'll be around for enough of it we'll be around for what we need to be around for i think uh yeah you know it's um it's going to be quicker than i <laughs> just on the back of what we saw in the last four or five days uh how quickly it can move how quickly viral uh, right? yeah you know, for us to be going into different shops and cafes and bars and restaurants and whatever, and just that simple act of asking the the server, the waiter, the waitress, whoever, just download a wallet. We're all going to tip you in Bitcoin. Uh, like that's so powerful. Yeah, and I would also say, you know, I'd like to thank uh, Justin Trudeau and um, some of the world leaders who it's almost like they're. Um, they're trying to orange pill everyone for it's kind of counterintuitive right but the more tyrannical he gets the more people will observe that and then balance out with self-authority and stop subjugating to that that and so i'd also say those guys are doing an incredible job of uh like telling people shit you know the stuff we're doing is uh, because it's coming from their mind that you know he's all about non-tyranny guess what he's tyrannical right because mm -hmm. he's so oh i care about everyone and so i'm going you know the like the abortion and the vaccine mandate so uh i think we've got a really good team yeah, Don't team Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. We, we, our team, Team Bitcoin, just has to sit back and watch these guys like uh, completely. Like, Institutions never anything built on belief systems, on the mind, inevitably um, breaks down because it's not built on the truth. Bitcoin is true. We've said it before, and it's, it's really corny, but. It, you know what it is. It's completely open source. There's no mind. It's truthful. You can't, mind can't come in and start fucking with it. Like, um, you know, Ethereum is fiat mind. Um, it's the mind centralized. They have all the big brains, but there's no mind in Bitcoin. So it sits there and it's a bedrock. 
um, for me. And then institutions, let's say um, the FA or BBC with, you know, when they had um, Savile, um, the Catholic Church, anything that's created for a purpose creates the opposite because it's created by the mind. And so that's why um, like, it's inevitable. Uh, Bitcoin is not part of the mind. It'll, I don't know how long it'll take. Well, like you say, things go quick when it compounds, right? We just mm -hmm. can't comprehend that. Bitcoin is inevitable. I mean, we, we've said it many times, but you've just, uh, you know, I think you structured that that thought very nicely. Rob, it's been incredible rip, mate. Uh, how can people find you? I see you becoming a little bit more active on Twitter now. Uh, so I just think people, I was trying to be active before, but I was putting out these tweets in like zero engagement and I didn't care. I just was putting, I like to put my thoughts on Twitter. Um, I'm on Twitter. Um, I've also got a um, website, robrinded.com. I'm creating another website to get away from having my name as an authority. So it's called, um, I have, uh, Twitter's like decentralized mind. Um, but I've also created a website and I'm not sure if it's a good idea, but I've got designers working on it. It's called Masterless. And it's the idea, like in the background is a dojo, um, you know, us working on this internal environment is called internal martial arts. It's, it's this internal combat, internal fight that we all have this conflict. We can drink alcohol to calm it or smoke weed or breathe, but we have to go in there and combat without combating. And so if you try and fight in the mind and you go, oh, I'm going to, and you point your fingers out, you perpetuate the problems in your mind. That's why someone like Jordan Peterson is, um, he's just so in his mind, he's fighting against himself. He's just making himself more and more sick. What he needs to do is um, just to observe and not, not say. So I have masterless.life, um, but I'm, I'm getting this kind of samurai, all this um, illustration done. Uh, but now it seems I'm kind of being pushed into the decentralized mind uh, Twitter space, but I love it. So people can contact me there if they want to speak to me. And you, you do offer a service, right? That's, that's one thing um, we, we should make clear. This is a business that you run and this is uh, how you uh, live. So if people want to reach out, then uh, there's the opportunity to work with you as well. Yeah. If, if people have any type of, you know, I, I got some clients here. I'm not looking for the clients. But that if people would like to work with me, I love working with people and Bitcoiners, especially. I also have my meditation school, which is Meditation OS, which is um, meditation was um, developed 2000 years ago in a cave. Um, but we have technology now that's instant. So back in the day, healing took time, takes time to heal is the um Kind of belief system but when we when i work it everything is like internal tech and i teach people on that course how to do this for themselves be their own self-authority and and to free themselves from their fears and their mind so i have that medit but you have to have a session with me before you join the course because i don't want uh, i like to choose a you know an open-minded type person to be on the course all right cool mate 
Really, uh, really great rip. Thank you so much. And uh, I really look forward to getting back out to Madeira and, and hanging out with you and having some further conversations in real life. I, I'd love to meet your family. You you are a massive driving force. It was a pleasure meeting you. You are brilliant at podcasting. That was the easy. I, you're very, very good at pulling out information. <laughs> as I, and you're like, um, what does that mean? Um, so I appreciate you, mate. And uh, um, that you brought up that helplessness on the call shows that you've got um, some cojones. It's in, that's very brave and shows that you're the opposite of helpless. Um, yeah. Thank you very much. I, I think we might carry on talking a little bit after I press stop okay. here. But, okay. <laughs> Cheers, brother. Take care. Cheers. Speak soon. Bye-bye. And talk we did, plebs, for about another hour or hour and a half. Uh, find Rob's work truly interesting and I urge you all to go find him on Twitter. Make sure you're following him. I'm sure there's going to be lots more of this kind of conversation coming down the road. And reach out to Rob if you've been questioning this kind of thing yourself or you can help him round out his message or you just would like to bounce ideas around or connect and, and ask for his help or assistance. He's a Bitcoiner, he's a maxi, he's one of us, he's on our side. Uh, it was great to to get to meet him and be part of what was going on in, in Madeira. Like I said, there's going to be more news coming out about that soon, so stay tuned, not just to me, but to uh, Andre Loja, L-O-J-A, on Twitter. Make sure you're following him. He's the guy really pushing this, spearheading this down on the island, so stay tuned. Uh, as well please make sure you're checking out the show sponsors like I said at the beginning of this uh, I've been humbled by the amount of building that's going on out there uh, I've had some very very good conversations with people oh, we're not going to lose guys just keep fucking stacking alright that's all I can say just keep stacking there's so much going on you can do that with certain companies across the world do your own research the ones that have been uh, attracted to my work and this show are swanbitcoin.com forward slash bitten in the us uh, here in europe you have relay.ch forward slash bitten and bitcoinreserve.com forward slash bitten they are all there to help you stack as are coincorner.com I don't think we have forward slash bitten up yet, but they've been busy with other stuff, releasing lightning-related products. But uh, the links are in the show notes. Make sure you go and check out those companies. But please take care and stack safely. You can use the Bitbox O2 Bitcoin-only hardware wallet. That is by shiftcrypto.ch forward slash bitten. That link gets you a 5% discount. Please just get yourself a hardware wallet if you do nothing else after this show. Get yourself a hardware wallet. Check out the conferences. Bitcoin Honey Badger is coming up in Riga. I will be on stage conducting a live Zoom interview. Liberty in our lifetime. I'll be talking about education, alternative systems. You can use the code PRINCY there for discounts. That's being put on by the Free Cities Foundation, who are also in Madeira. Bitcoinday.io. Go check them out. That's monthly meetups across the U.S., Ungovernable Misfits for your cool merch and your streetwear. That's Max from Bit by Bit. And Consensus Network for your books. Gift books to your friends and family. 
Take care, guys. Thanks for listening.